0: Hello, this is Gavin Snyder. This is a new episode of Serrated Edge. Before we start, I want to tell you a little bit about the podcast. Um, my brother created this podcast, and me and my sister wanted to help. So, um, The Serrated Edge is a podcast where we read stories um, about a bunch of different things. One chapter of the book, or whatever it is at a time. Today I'm going to be reading The Four-Fingered Man by Cerberus Jones. Prologue In the last moments before dawn, a man in a black trench coat slipped out of the shadow of the old hotel. The grass was wet against his legs and the silence around him was broken only by the distant crash of waves against the cliffs below. He hurried. If anyone was watching, they would have noticed how heavily the coat sat across his shoulders, how his back stooped under the weight, and how the bulging pockets bumped against his legs with every step. They may even have seen when, unnoticed by him, a small glinting object and a a flurry of eucalyptus leaves fell from the man's pocket and landed in the long grass. But no one was watching. Not even the sound of birds broke the spell as he stepped into a grove of ancient magnolia trees and disappeared into their shadows. He was a tall man, but so thin and angular that the leaves hardly cracked under his feet. As he walked, his hands kept straying to his pockets, patting them gently as they reassuring himself that his cargo was still safe. Hidden in a clearing beyond the magnolias was an old tin-roof, cottage. So run down and shabby, it was really more of a shack. The man slowed, looking around carefully before stepping out from the trees and striding towards the cottage. Before before his hand reached the door, it swung open from the inside and a scowling face with a mess of gray hair appeared through the gap. Where have you been? The man in the coat hurried inside, brushing past the gray-haired man who locked and bolted the door behind them. You're late, the gray-haired man grumbled. Nonsense. My connection shall arrive momentarily. It should have arrived already. According to my charts, your charts are wrong, Tom, said the man in the coat. And they're only going to get worse. I, on the other hand, he paused as a deep shudder ran through the cottage, rattling the windows. am right on time. Tom opened his mouth and closed it again, a look of frustration passing over his face. The cottage shuddered a second time, and a deep groan came from the far room. Or not from the room, somehow. The sound came from under it. Tom's eyes narrowed. Show off. Then he held out a weathered hand. Give it to me. The man in the coat nodded and put a hand to his throat. No, not to his throat. Somehow he slid the tips of his fingers into his throat and felt around inside his own neck. There was a clicking sound, a fizz, and the man's face flickered as he delicately plucked a small black and bronze cylinder out of his neck. The moment he dropped it into Tom's hand, the moment his own fingers lost contact with the object, the man in the coat was no longer a man. He still wore the trench coat, but his pear skin... Pale skin and black hair vanished, replaced by the glittering metallic blue shell of an insect. His long white fingers had become curved black hooks of a beetle and iridescent wings twitched beneath his coat. Tom scowled at him, and then the device in his hand. Hey, this isn't mine. Where's the one I gave you? The insect padded at its coat pockets and chittered, clattering its mandibles. Fine, fine, you don't have time to worry about that. You do, you don't have to convince me that the Kerskin issue is more important. important. But do you realize the new owners arrived today? last thing I need is for them to find any clues that you've been here. The insect started to move towards the other room, picking its way through the, a bizarre clutter of broken cuckoo clocks, wind-up toys, and stacks of leather-bound books. A gust of hot air swept through the cottage, and that terrible, abysmal groan sounded again. It's here, said Tom. Go on. Now the- not that you've ever bo- been bothered to wait for a connection before, he added in a mutter. The, the insect buzzed harshly. No, I'm not asking any questions. Just go. The room beyond the doorway was empty. Bare floorboards amplified the noise of the insect's feet as it scuttled over to a hole in the far corner of the room. That hot, rank wind that blew again, gusting up the stone steps that disappeared into the darkness beneath the cottage floor. Then, as the giant lungs were hidden down there somewhere, the wind turned and sucked back down the stairwell. Tom was still standing in the other room, clinging so tightly to the edge of his desk that his knuckles were wet. The knuckles he had, anyway. One of his fingers was missing, missing, a shiny patch of scar tissue in the gap. The insect gathered up its coat and scurried down the steps. There was the sound of a door opening, a stronger smell of sour air, and then a flash of light. And the door banged closed. Tom sagged against his desk in relief. Gone! If you like that episode, please um, subscribe wherever you listen. This episode was narrated and produced by Yavin Snyder. We hope you liked it. The end.